learning at these um, seminars and stuff. And Frank, I didn't go to many. I went to that, um, used to go to this once a year in Spring uh, Fling. And, but, but in New York at the time, New York City, we had an organization, the New York City Pest Control Association. And, and I learned a lot there because, you know, when you have a problem because only you have that problem and nobody else has that problem, and you start talking to some of these guys and they have the same problem or they had the same problem and they work it out how they solved the problem. So you, you talk to some of these older guys who at the time were a lot younger than I am now. But um, I learned a lot with, with problems that you were going to, you were going to, you're going to get problems as you grow and how they handle the problems. Um, some of them were very kind to me, like they treated me like their nephew or something and showed me a lot of stuff that saved me a lot of money. And um, so that, that lower level communication between your peers, uh, I learned a lot from that. Another cool thing about most of these virtual classes is after the event, if you're a participant, they usually email you or give you access to all of the presentations, which is pretty cool. So if you're conflicted at 11 o'clock, you have speaker A and speaker B in two different sessions, you can pick which one you wanna to go to live, and then you'll also have access to the other one. I'm not 100% sure if Pest World is doing that, but I imagine they will be. Listen, there's a lot of education there. I, um, that's part of what we also do here on the podcast. I spoke about networking. A lot of our episodes that you may have listened to and continue to come out have that uh, line of networking built into it. But another thing that a lot of people like to know from other PMPs is, what's your craziest story? What's the one job or the two jobs that you'll never forget because it was just that crazy? Oh, <laughs> oh man, it's just been so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it the, the customer telling you that it's a bug and it's a piece of lint? Is it a sound and it's the AC in the attic? <laughs> it's so many different things. I mean, I got I got one. Um, I do a little bit of animal control as far as raccoons and so forth like that as far as, um, what's that called? Closing up holes and preventing them from getting in, blocking tunnels, so forth like that. So I get an account in an apartment building. And um, it's like one of those four or five um, apartment buildings or whatever. So the top floor is complaining of raccoons and so forth like that. So I go up into the, the attic, you know, um, the raccoon I can see is over in the corner. And I'm not the exterminator that goes and nooses the raccoon and pulls them out. That's not me. Um, so what I did was, um, I went up to the roof. Now, it's snowing outside. I put a ladder on the roof, and I could see the hole where it's getting in and out. So I do my traditional block and tunnel right there on the roof. Close it up. Go downstairs, charge the lady accordingly, give her a good warranty, I leave. The next day, she calls me back, says the raccoon is back in. So I go back, put the ladder back on the roof, I look up, the raccoon has chewed another hole right next to where I put the blocking tunnel. So now it's snowing outside, it's somewhat snow on the roof. So I can't sit there and do a, a whole complete proofing because there's, I can't get on the roof to chip off the hole, all the ice everywhere. So again, I do a blocking tunnel up there, 
and then I put two traps in the attic. So a day goes by, she doesn't say anything. A day later, she calls me and says, at night, maybe like three in the morning, and says, something's trying to crawl through the ceiling. So I'm like, I'll get there in the morning. It's probably stuck in the trap. I go there in the morning. The trap is broken. (laughs) The raccoon is gone out of the the trap, and there's another hole in the roof. (laughs) Long story short, I ended up um, meeting up with a guy that actually nooses raccoons. I paid him. He went in there, caught the raccoon, (laughs) and I ended up closing the hole, and that's it. That's crazy. And I remember a job, I went into this guy's apartment and he told me like, you know, that stuff you put down for the rats worked, it, it stinks. I said, I swear, we're just doing roaches here. We didn't do any rats. Oh, there's a smell in my bedroom. I go in there, I go, woo, it's under the bed. So I pull the bed back, there's a dog that's been dead, got maggots in him. And I tell him, oh, and he comes up, oh, was where he was. I said, holy shit. He goes, well, you got to take him out. I says, yeah. I I mentioned a lot of money. He goes, I'm not paying that. I go, I ain't taking him out. And I decided I ain't coming back here no more either. I don't know what the hell else is going on. The dog's been dead for like three weeks. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I'll never forget that one. Yeah, there's a... There's a ton. We've told a ton of stories uh, about mice and peanut butter jars and whatnot. I, you know, there's every time we speak to someone, we get another great story. Um, so what do you, how's your growth for 2020? Are you projected to grow, stay flat? Uh, I'm projected to grow. I've grown. I've grown in 2020. That's awesome. So are you tracking that like on your own? Are you using software? A couple of different ways um, as far as test pack helps a little bit. <laughs> um, but as far as where the money goes, my bank account helps out and um, the accounting, pretty much the accounting. I can see what I did last year, last month, um, and so forth like that. And I keep track of what I did that way. Yeah. Do you have plans or changes for 2021 that you're going to implement to for growth or whatever? You're probably going to add a couple different, well, I'm going to add one additional service. I've been doing it, which is the mosquito treatment, but I haven't been advertising um, enough for it. And going forward after this year, I'm going to do a campaign for that. So that's one thing that I'm going to change. I've been doing mosquito treatments, but typically for the customers I have and when people ask for it, but I haven't did a campaign on it. What is your number one way of marketing? It's been, hmm, I would say Google, but word of mouth, word of mouth has been good. Um, other, other than, I'm going to say Google is number one, but I get a lot of referrals. I get a lot of referrals. The word of mouth has been, been outstanding for me. Google overall, as far as, um, you know, getting myself out there to other places, but it's been word of mouth that's helped me out substantially throughout my time in the industry. Yeah, I, we, we always find word of mouth is key. Um, yeah. So are you Google guaranteed? Are you doing ad campaigns? Are you throwing money at Google or is it all generic? 
No, I'm, I'm throwing money at Google. We do, we do campaigns. I'm pretty much optimized in my area, so I will pop up naturally. Um, but, yeah, we're throwing money at Google. And did you get Google guaranteed? I didn't get Google guaranteed. I heard you talking about that on the last episode. And um, what, what, what exactly is that? It's basically a Google verification for certain service industries. And about, I want to say, a year and a half or so ago, they put pest, pest control as one of the services that will be Google guaranteed. You basically go through a vetting process with Google, which was very easy, um, especially if you're tech savvy. But we have uh, friends, they're called Search Kings out of uh, Toronto, Canada, who do, they have that whole marketing arm where they do marketing through social media and, and Google and whatnot. But they walk us through. We had we did an episode with them, so I would encourage you to go back and look for the Search Kings episode. They um, they helped us get Google guaranteed. They walked us through it. They explained it to us, and they also, of course, do uh, campaigns where they'll they'll set up the landing page for you and everything like that. Um, our friend Lawn Setteroff from Search Kings has been a huge help to us as the podcast as well as my pest control company. And, I, and they, they have helped other PMPs that listen to uh, our podcast. But um, they helped okay. us get Google Guarantee. And there's no cost to getting Google Guarantee as far as I know. There wasn't when we did it, but we did do it a year and a half ago. The only cost is you turn it on and you pay per lead. And Google lets you track the leads in your uh, GMB, Google My Business page. You could listen to every phone call and make sure it was a legitimate call. And then if it wasn't, like if you get somebody that calls outside your service area or something like that, you can fight it and Google, as long as it's legit, Google usually refunds the money. Okay, so they give you a tracking number and the whole nine. Correct, every call is tracked and you go into your Google dashboard and you could listen to every phone call for the day. And I think it's about $35 a lead that you pay so let's say you want to throw $350 a week at it. You, would, you could get up to 10 leads a week. And then there's algorithms built into Google. And don't quote me on all this because this isn't my thing. But I don't know. Are you doing reviews? Yeah. So yeah. it works with your reviews from your GMB. If you have a lot of reviews plus you're putting money up towards the leads, you pop up in the Google Guaranteed More. And what that means is if you search pest control in your area right now on your phone, there should be two at the top of the Google page with a green check mark next to it. That means they're Google okay. guaranteed. If you're on a desktop, three pop at the top. The algorithm is what uh, combined with the reviews and your ad spend is how it works from what I understand. So I mean, do you have any, you have any kids? Yeah, I got two. You think they're gonna get them involved in the business? Uh, too early, too early to say. My son is seven, my daughter is twelve. Um, I see my daughter, you know, helping me clerically. Um, even now, she helps out a little bit that way. So, yeah, on my daughter's side, yes. Um, I don't want her to be an exterminator, but <laughs> but office-wise and so forth like that. Um, for now, um, I'd rather her get a career in something else. My granddaughter's in the office a lot. She likes money, yeah. she likes paid. And my grandson, he doesn't like that. He doesn't like, actually, I don't think he likes to work too much. 
I told him, I asked him, well, how, he's eight, how are you going to make a living? I told you, I'm going to be a hockey player. I said, oh, okay. And he, and he is good at hockey, but uh, it's, it's interesting just to look at, look at a mind of eight-year-old and see what he wants to do. At, at eight, I don't even know what I want to do. Just have fun. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Whether, whether they end up in pest control or not, I, like having those conversations with them and like my father said, just watching their brain work is just awesome. I agree with you. It's too, it's too early. My kids are in the same range as yours, 10 and, and 8. But I don't think – I didn't know. I, I wanted to be in pest control in high school. I told every teacher, I don't need to know this. I'm taking over my father's business. <laughs> then I graduated high school. I worked for my father for three months, hated it, and went to college. Said I'm never getting into pest control, and here we are. So, <laughs> That's an interesting story. So I guess you got open arms when you came to the business, huh? When you got into the pest control business, other well, than your dad. Set, yes and no. So my father sold in 1998 to one of the giants and called me while I was in college. and said, are you serious about not getting into the business, blah, blah? And I said, yeah. I don't, I don't want to do pest control. So he sold. So open arms is, is a strong word. More like he probably wanted to put me in a headlock and beat the shit out of me for waiting. <laughs> long. But in, in hindsight, it's, I would have took over a nice business, um, but I wouldn't have the same uh, look at life or business that I do now starting from the bottom, literally. Like when I decided I wanted to get in pest control, I worked for a friend of ours in the industry, um, then decided to leave him and go on my own. And I bought a business that the guy claimed he was doing like 50, 60,000 a year and it was really only about 30. No, but the, the first one was Colin. No, that was the first. He wasn't. He, he, was, he said he was doing about five grand. I'm five, yeah, six. Yeah. He wasn't. He was doing like three. Oh, so okay. um, thank God for contracts and writing the proper asset purchase agreement. And that comes with attor thank you. attorneys thank you. And, and parents that are in the business. I didn't pay him full price, obviously, because it was misrepresentation. But yeah. um, that really gave me, I mean, I, believe, I always had the hustle or like my father says, the eye of the tiger. But if I would have started with 24 technicians and four people in the office, it would have been a completely different, I would have been a different person. I would have been a different type of business owner. Um, so I'm thankful for that. And my father was able to retire and never look back and never have to work again. And I was able to grow my business to um, the same size. So it, it all worked out in the end. Yeah, that's good. That's like how I did it too. Cause I just started, you know, I, I actually bought a truck and I went around, you know, got licensed, got my um, owner's business license and everything like that. And I just started with one customer and I would literally drive somewhere, run out of gas and then walk the whole strip until someone hired me so I could go home. You know, you know, it's funny you say that. I had the same experience. And, and you know, you, you get done with your route for the day when you first start out. So you're done by yep. 12 o'clock. And you pull yep. in the commercial district and you're giving out cards to the deli, to the whatever. And how I, I kept it in my mind from going crazy, I realized that every 40 or 50 cards, I get a nibble, maybe pick up something. Yeah. So yep. you're counting the cards. That's 35. Okay. Five or fifteen more to go. Five or fifteen, and then sometimes you go for a hundred, and then sometimes you go for ten, and you pick up two or three. It, 
it's a mind game, but it, it's, it's something that I don't remember fondly. A lot of walking, a lot of walking and talking. Yeah, I did a lot of that. I did a lot of walking, talking, driving to different little strip malls and yeah. different streets that have a whole bunch of stores on them. You know, some of the, you know some of those customers came and went, but there's still a couple of them, you know, that that are going strong, and I appreciate them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember too termite season. I used to go uh, out to Long Island, and I had these uh, flyers, and I used to put them on all the windshields of the cars that were in the, the mall. And after all of that, doing that for about three weeks, I got one call. <laughs> I sold it. <laughs> it just like a lot of one call, you know? You were always working, except maybe when you slept. But uh, other than that, you were always hustling. I, I remember as it, things progressed, I must have went to every dinner for every friggin' politician who was retiring, his birthday, whatever. And um, I did make, uh, at those I made some good contacts, but they all come with a, with a hook. You know, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta contribute to the party, you gotta give donations to this guy. Some of them are outright thieves. They get you yeah. jobs and they, you give them a price and they go, add another $30, that's mine. And, and after a while, as your business grows, you say, I don't wanna do it anymore. Yeah. So you dump these guys and they look at you like you're crazy, but in a way, to me, it was free. I didn't have to wait for that call that they needed a favor, you know? I know we need them, but um, I haven't met a, one that I really want to be my friend. So what's been the what's been the best thing for you guys other than Google and word of mouth? What's another way to um, you know, draw up more business or has has drawn up more business? Our biggest, our we built the business on networking. We built the business on face to face. Everything in in that realm, joining various networking groups, and then that just turns into word of mouth. You know, chamber of commerce is. What do you guys think about those? Um, I think a chamber of commerce is good to know the pulse of your area. Um, as long as you're going to the meetings and networking, I think it's great. We join managers, groups of people that manage various properties. Um, we go to golf outings. We go to, you know, there's a ton of stuff out there now that are just straight networking events. I went to one that I had a good time at. They, they haven't been doing it now with COVID. But when you went in, you put... Um, you decided what, what industry you were from and you put that color sticker on your shirt or jacket or whatever you were wearing. And then, then you knew like if there was somebody that was in, let's say the hospital industry and that was a green sticker, if you didn't want to talk to anyone in the hospital industry, you didn't even engage them. So it maximized your networking possibility in there. So that, that was pretty cool. We do our own internal networking events now where we'll invite 10 customers to a cigar lounge or some type of, um, you know, bar or restaurant where we, you know, we provide the drinks and the food. We also, the price of admission for our current customers is to bring a friend of theirs that might be potential business for us. Yeah. So we, we just play around a lot with the networking stuff. Even with that being said, a few years ago, we realized that Google was still important and it was important to have a Google My Business page and the, also important to get reviews. Even though yeah. our reviews don't drive 
our business as much as it would in residential because people for commercial people aren't necessarily going to google first they're getting our information through these various networking events but they are then checking our google page to see what people have said so that's where we felt google was necessary but our 2021 initiative is going to be or one of our initiatives is gonna be getting into the residential market since we're only 5% of the businesses there. We'd like to bring that up to 25 to 30%. We're gonna utilize Google for that. And um, we are currently vetting other possible new ways of getting uh, recognized in the residential sector. So that's what you're working on this year, getting bigger in residential? Yeah, well, really, I mean, we feel residential, that boom is gone for 2020. But we're putting all of the plans in place to start implementing in 2021. I hear you guys talk a lot about the Carolinas and Florida, too. So my sister lives in North Carolina, and my father has fancied himself a snowbird recently. We're basically in this New York and New Jersey, and we opened up a scent detection business in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia a year, maybe like a year and a half ago. Um, and that, that's strictly just canines sniffing out bed bugs. What, what do you think about um, the different ways to do bed bugs? The heating, the freezing, traditional. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, freezing is a joke. Okay. Um, there's actually stuff online that you could easily Google um, steam versus cryonite and see um, one of the industry professionals put bed bugs under a towel, steamed it. Uh, the bed bugs never came back to life. Did the same thing with freezing, froze them. And I think in, a, in less than 10 minutes, the bed bugs appeared to be dead at first. And then in less than 10 minutes, they woke up and started walking around again. That's crazy. So we like steam. We like chemical. And we love heat if it's done by the right person. The good thing about heat is it's a one-day thing, and you could send the dog in in 24 hours. With chemical, you cannot send the dog back in for at least two weeks. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we we you know we we service certain places that there's um, that are green, if you will. So traditional chemical is not an option. So we'll yeah. use some of the 25B products, but the main type of treatment in those places is steam or heat. The downside to heat is the cost, and the downside to steam yeah. is the cost too. Heat, the cost is the, probably the most expensive because of the expense and maintenance of the equipment and the labor, because heat labor, I think what a lot of people don't understand is even if they're only on site for six to eight hours, there's picking up the truck, there's dropping the truck back off. So a typical heat team hits 40 hours in three days, give mm -hmm. or take. Um, and that's where the cost comes in because if you have that heat team working five days, you have, you know, 24 hours, if you will, of strip overtime. And that's, that's yeah. the expense. The steam is, is then, I think, the next the highest expense because of the labor. Again, labor is our biggest expense. And then the chemical is probably the cheapest way. It's all about selling it and marketing it to your customer. So once again, everybody, Joey Buns for Colony Confidential. 
We had a great time talking to Daniel from On Point Pest Control out of New Jersey. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your, your support and having me again. Thank you again for listening as well and being on today. All right. All right, take care. You too. Bye. Hey, potential customer.